Good morning, everyone. Our microphone stand um, isn't here, as you might see. You've got it, have you? All oh, right. <laughs> it's just it was last seen on the on the fourth plinth at Trafalgar Square on uh, <laughs> on Thursday morning. Uh, was it Thursday or Wednesday morning? And um, uh, and yes, Neil did say that he would uh, he'd get it back, but uh, I didn't manage to liaise with you, Mark, uh, quickly enough to get that sorted. So yes, apologies for the uh, slightly delayed start there. Welcome this morning to our service of, of worship, of thanksgiving, of remembering, and and a chance to to reflect on the Lord that we serve and to reflect on the hope that we have in Christ. We're going to open our service this morning uh, with worship, singing together, praise to the Lord the Almighty, the King of creation. Now we're, we're quite, quite small here this morning because uh, the majority of people are away on holiday up in the Lake District. We hope that they're having a good time. Some of you were up there yesterday. How did it go yesterday? Super. Well, that, that's, um, it's always a good sign when there's sunburn rather than uh, water damage, I suppose. But we're only small, but, but we join with our brothers and sisters who are there and, and elsewhere in the world uh, in, in worshipping God together. So let's uh, lift our voices and sing praise to the Lord the Almighty. Let's pray together. Lord God, we, we come to you to worship. We come to you with so many different things in our hearts. Each of us has had different experiences this week, different experiences today. Lord, each of us have different needs, each of us has different things to be thankful for, different concerns. But Lord, we, each one of us, wherever we are in our walk of faith, we bring them to you this morning and ask, Lord, that you'll help us to, to respond to you in the way that we need to. Lord, we pray that you will take the pieces of our lives, the good and the bad, the happy, the not so happy, and Lord, we pray that you'll help us to put them together in a way that is glorifying to you. Lord, watch over us and bless us, we pray today. Bless each one of us that's here today and those who aren't here too, that they might be blessed by what we share this morning. Lord, be with us, we pray, through Jesus. Amen. Good morning everyone again. Um, it's my third week in a row doing announcements, so I might get it right this time. But, uh, Sylvia told me that Gladys isn't well this morning, 
Um, so she wasn't well enough to come out. So let's, uh, let's please remember Gladys uh, in our prayers and, um, and, uh, and, and visit her uh, as we can. Uh, Tony went to see Mary yesterday and says that she's okay. Uh, she's doing, doing well. I think um, she's still uh, undergoing a, a course of chemotherapy, so I guess that's somewhat relative, but, uh, but she's doing okay at the moment. Um, I will seamlessly move into, the, uh, uh, into our uh, pastoral prayer time. So does, if anyone has any, um, uh, any other news of, uh, of our family... Um, anything that they'd like us to pray for then please uh, please speak now um, our good friend and sister Georgie Hall from Bristol is suffering with a number of personal burdens which were capped on Saturday by after returning from holiday in a car accident in a car we saw her yesterday in Bristol and um, wonder we could pray for her reassurance in life and, and some comfort Shall we pray together? Lord God, we, we come to you this morning uh, and we, we bring concerns and, and joys regarding our family here at, at Old Trafford and, and wider too. Lord, we thank you for the blessing of the holiday that, that many of uh, our brothers and sisters are, are enjoying at the moment. And we thank you for that time of refreshment, that time of fellowship, that time of, of challenge, of learning, and uh, just the, the, the opportunity to enjoy being outdoors together. Lord God, Bless them richly, we pray, that they'll come back refreshed and encouraged and that they'll share that with us too. Lord, we pray for those who, who aren't able to, to be here or there. We pray for Gladys. We know that uh, she's got some health problems that, that do cause her distress. And Lord, we pray this morning that you will comfort her and reassure her of your love. Lord, strengthen her, we pray, to be with us again soon. And Mary, Lord, we... We do pray for your hand on her, that through the course of treatment that she's undergoing, she will not be discouraged by the discomfort, but Lord, that she will have, she'll be encouraged to look forward to the to the healing that the treatment will bring. Lord, bless her and bring her back to us soon, we pray. And we pray, Lord, that you'll bless Jack 
as he supports her and as he still carries on the tremendous amount of work that he does for you both here and, and elsewhere. Lord, we, we pray for Georgie. Again, she seems to have had so much discouragement and we pray, Lord, that you will be an encouragement to her, that you will be her rock, that even though awful things have been happening to her, that she will know that you are God and that you are with her throughout. Lord, we pray for your blessing on, on all the different things that we're doing here in the church this week and throughout the year. And Lord, that you will help us always to keep you uppermost in our minds, that we won't get so involved in doing things that we forget for whom we do things and why. Lord, we pray that you will be the guiding force in our lives that our love for you and our love for our neighbour will rule the decisions that we make as individuals and as a body. Lord, bless us richly, we pray, in the name of Jesus. Amen. We're going to take a reading from Mark chapter 10. Simon's asked that we that we read this chapter today. He's going to base some of his thoughts on it. And I've asked Johnny if he'll read from verse 1 through to verse 31. And Ben is going to read from 32 to the end of the chapter. Mark chapter 10. Jesus then left that place and went into the region of Judea and across the Jordan. Again crowds of people came to him. And as was his custom, he taught them. Some Pharisees came and tested him by asking, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? What did Moses command you? He replied. They said, Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and send her away. It was because your hearts were hard that Moses wrote you this law, Jesus replied. But at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh, so that they are no longer two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let man not separate. When they were in the house again, the disciples asked Jesus about this. He answered, Anyone who divorces his wife and marries another woman commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another man, she commits adultery. People were bringing little children to Jesus to have them touch him. But the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God, like a little child, will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, put his hands on them, and blessed them. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Do not defraud. Honour your father and mother. 
Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? The disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said again, Children, how hard is it to enter the, enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but, with, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Peter said to him, We have left everything to follow you. I tell you the truth, Jesus replied. No one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and fields and with them persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. They were on their way to Jerusalem with Jesus leading the way and the disciples were astonished while those who followed were afraid. Again he took the twelve aside and told them what was going to happen to him. We're going up to Jerusalem, he said, and the Son of Man will be, will be betrayed to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles who will mock him and spit on him, flog him and kill him. Three days later he will rise. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, We want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you? he asked. They replied, Let one of us sit at your right hand, and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you are asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink? I'll be baptised with the baptism I am baptised with. We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, You will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with, but to sit on my right or left hand is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with, John and, with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who, those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave to all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as ransom for many. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, that is, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, Cheer up, on your feet, he's calling. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. 
Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Thanks, guys. Bartimaeus is uh, that wonderful example of someone who didn't let other people shut him up. People told him to be quiet, but he still carried on. People told him, you're wasting your time. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And his eyes were open. We're going to sing, Open our eyes, Lord, we want to see Jesus. There aren't many of us who are physically blind. Some of us, including me, extremely short-sighted in all kinds of ways. But many of us, I think, don't have the same kind of spiritual vision that we would like to have. Let's sing together, open our eyes, Lord. We want to see Jesus, to reach out and touch him and say that we love him. Open our ears, Lord, and help us to listen. Simon is going to come and share God's word with us. Good morning, everyone. It's lovely to see you all. What's your week been like? Really, what's your week been like this week? I guess there's been some times that's been up. I guess there's been some times when it's been down. It's rather like the weather, isn't it? Sometimes you get really hot and bothered. Sometimes it's lovely sunny days and it's beautiful breeze to keep you cool. I guess I spend quite a lot of my life living in the here and now. But also a lot of my life looking back in the past. Reflecting on things that I wish I'd done differently. And to be honest with you, if I look too much in the past, and I can do, it distracts me from living today and living with the promise of the future that we all have. And that's what we should be living for. That's what Christ died for. Not that we should live in the past. We should learn from the past, yes. But we shouldn't live in the past. We should live every day in the Lord because he died for us. And he died so we can have the promise of a future. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's what Paul said to the Romans, and we tend to focus on that one single verse. Or I do, anyway. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But that's completely out of context of what Paul is trying to say to the believers in Rome. But now a righteousness from God apart from law, has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace 
through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. That's the context. It's a completely different argument that Paul's putting across. Paul's giving us the facts. He's given us the plain truth that yes, we are all sinful. But we have been made right. Which is my understanding of that word righteousness. We have been made right before God through faith in the Lord Jesus. We are justified. We are given the unmerited grace and favour that God gives us through through Jesus. That's what, for me again, the word justified means. It's an unmerited favour. We've done nothing ourselves to earn it. God has given it to us. So through faith, we are forgiven. Do we believe that? Do we believe that we are forgiven of things that have happened in the past? Or is that the reason we spend so much time regretting and fretting about the past? Jesus says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Whoever believes shall not perish. Is that it? Is that what we've got to do? We've just got to believe. Jesus continues a couple of chapters later. These are people talking to Jesus. They asked him, what must we do Sorry, what must we do to do the work God requires? What have we got to do to earn God's favour? Is my understanding of what that means. Jesus answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he sent. So the work that God requires of us is to believe in the one that he sent. So salvation doesn't come through our works. It comes through our belief and our response in that belief. God sent Jesus so that he can redeem us, that we can have a relationship with him. 
And for me, that's more important than works. God wants a relationship with us. We can do nothing ourselves because God has already done it. By sending Jesus. It's not about works as some in our community preach. It's about a relationship. What did Jesus say? Do not store, do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. That last phrase comes at the end of a, of a series of Jesus telling us not to worry. Not to worry about clothes, not to worry about food. It talks about the lilies of the field and how God clothes them. And so we to seek first the kingdom of God. And I guess, for me, I tend to forget at times. I forget that God has forgiven me. I forget that God wants a relationship with me. I forget that he sent Jesus for this purpose. And I forget to live today with the future in mind. Because the kingdom isn't just in the future. The kingdom can be now with the peace and the love that God has given us. We've read the chapter, Mark chapter 10. It's quite a difficult chapter, isn't it? There's some quite difficult things Jesus talks about. But I'd like to look at two passages, from verse 17 and then from verse 13. Because I think these people, especially this young man, were trying to work out how to best serve God and how to inherit this eternal life. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? You know the commandments, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, do not defraud, honour your father and your mother. This was a Jew Jesus was talking to. So Jesus brought him back to the law. And what did he say? Teacher, he declared, all these have I kept since I was a boy. And I think he had. Jesus looked into his heart and loved him. And that's the agape love that we read about 
and we have read about in For God So Loved the World. Jesus loved that young man because, yes, he had kept all the commandments that God had asked him to do. But one thing you lack. Go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. So Jesus was asking this young man to store up treasure in heaven by selling all that he had and giving it to the poor. And then what did he say? That wasn't the end of it, was it? Then come, follow me. So Jesus wanted him to believe. He wanted him to follow him. To put the possessions behind him. To leave them. And to move forward. We know the story, don't we? This young man was a rich man. And he couldn't do it. He couldn't leave those things behind. He'd kept all the commandments. He'd done his works for the day. But yet he couldn't believe and follow Jesus. And the disciples were absolutely amazed. They must have seen this man. They must have seen that he was a good man. That he, um, They were Jews as well. He'd lived according to the Jewish customs. The disciples were amazed at his words. Children, Jesus says, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. There's a footnote in my Bible saying, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. And I think that's a better translation. Those who trust in riches. It's easier for a camel to go to the, through the eye of a needle than the rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Now whether this eye of the needle is literal or figurative, it makes no difference, does it? Some say that there is a a gate, there was a gate in the wall of Jerusalem that was too thin for a camel to go through if it was burdened down. And therefore they had to take all the burden off for the camel to go through. Or, if it was figurative, clearly it's an impossibility, isn't it, for the camel to go through an eye of a needle. And what does Jesus say? After his disciples says, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. And that's what we hear to remember, that all things are possible with God. I quite like to go on from there and look at Peter's response. We've left everything, he says. And what did Jesus say? No one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mothers or fathers or children, it goes on, will fail to receive a hundred times as much 
Now one thing I hadn't noticed until I came back to this is that Jesus was saying, if you leave everything, you'll be rewarded and you will receive a hundred times as much, not just in the time to come, but now. But he also adds that there will be persecutions. And again, that's a, a difficult thing to think, isn't it? The good and the bad together, believing in the Lord Jesus. So all things are possible with God. We must leave those things that burden us down to go through the eye of the needle. And people were bringing little children to Jesus to help them touch him. But the disciples rebuked them. And when Jesus saw this, he was indignant. Now, I've always thought Jesus was a fairly mild chap. But here he got quite angry with his disciples. And I suppose the other turning the tables over in the, in the temple. Jesus had passion. He got angry. He was indignant. Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth. Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. So Jesus was using the, the children as an example. Let the little children come to me for theirs is the kingdom of God. See, we have to be like little children. And if you go, there's another passage over in, um, I'll read it to you in, in Matthew. It's a, it's a parallel passage. I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of God. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Unless you change and become like little children. So Jesus is asking us to receive the kingdom of God, to have that hope to look forward to. We have to be little children. Perhaps not in nature. I'm a bit big now to be a little child again. I can be daft at times. But I think Jesus is saying a bit more than this, that being, not being childlike. He's talking about the attitudes. He's talking about how children depend on us. How much they trust us. How much they love us. How much they put their faith completely in us as parents. To provide for them and to protect them. And that's what God wants to do for us. He wants to be our father. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone that asks receives. He who seeks finds, and to him who knocks the door will be opened. 
Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Jesus, God wants to treat us, to provide for us as children. He wants that father, that daughter-son relationship. What's our response? What's my response? Am I a rebellious adult and say, and argue with God? I don't need you. I can, I can do it my own way, thank you very much. I think if God hears that, I think at times he lets us do our own, our own way. He looks after us, but I think he lets us go our own way to see what happens, to so, so we can learn. And in time we come back. As children, we humble ourselves before God. So are we rebellious adults? Wanting our own way? Do we live in the past not accepting the forgiveness that God offers because he wants a relationship with us? And do we believe in the Lord Jesus totally and follow his example? Jesus taught us to seek first the kingdom of God through a relationship with God the Father. And that relationship is now and in the future. What, our, what is our response to that? God has offered us a place in his kingdom. He's given us a place. It's really us who turns it down. If that's where we go. So, we come once more to focus on the sacrifice of Jesus, which made all this possible. The sacrifice of Jesus gave us the hope that we have in our lives. The sacrifice of Jesus to give us the joy in our lives. Perhaps doesn't take away the sadnesses but it gives us the joy and the hope to carry on. So let us examine ourselves as Paul tells the Corinthian church. Not to see if we're good enough because that would be going back to the works and we remember that God has done everything for us. He wants a relationship with us. But let us examine ourselves to see if we really do believe in the Lord Jesus. Not just up here with knowledge, but in here, in our hearts. That we believe in the Lord Jesus and what he has done for us. I'd like to finish by reading from Hebrews 
Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is, his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. I was struck as we were reading that passage, that chapter, and as Simon spoke to us, of the of the different ways that people came to Jesus. You've got the children who wanted to come but were prevented. And they could only come as children. The rich young man who, you get the impression he kind of came a little bit arrogantly and sort of said, what have I got to do? And hoping that Jesus would give him the answer, oh, you're, you're fine just as you are. But, you know, he could tick everything off except that he placed his trust in riches. The disciples, James and John, came to Jesus and said, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. You're like our our magic charm, you are, Jesus. We want you to to grant us our wishes, rub the uh, rub the lamp, and uh, and magic will happen. Blind Bartimaeus, sitting in the gutter by the side of the road, shouting, "Son of David, have mercy on me." The children couldn't do anything about the position they were in and Jesus accepted them as they were. The teacher could do something about his attitude and needed to change his lifestyle. He had a choice about what happened afterwards. Likewise, the disciples, they could learn Humility, and that Jesus wasn't some kind of magic charm. They had a choice. Blind Bartimaeus. If Jesus had walked by without noticing him, he would still have been blind. There was nothing he could do about his blindness. But Jesus responded to each one of them as they encountered him. 
he responded to them just as they were and challenged them to change or to stay as they were he transformed their lives or at least gave them the potential for their lives to be transformed we meet now around the table of the Lord to share bread and wine we have no choice about how we come we come just as we are without one plea but that thy blood was shed for me and that you bid me come to thee O Lamb of God I come just as I am I come let's sing together John's going to give thanks for the bread for us Mighty God, it's fitting today that we've talked about simplicity. It is the simple things in life that bring us the greatest joy. And yet we live in such a complex world. We're asked to believe the unbelievable. That everything will turn out if we just do this and we just do that. And yet we know, as your children, Lord, that all we have to do is believe. That's all we have to do. And yet, from a very young age, that belief diminishes. But Father, now, here in this simple place, at this simple time, we can believe as children. Father, we we do want to jump into your arms. We want to forget the doubts of the world, the doubts of our everyday lives, and just for a second leap into your arms and believe. It's fitting today, Lord, that the bread we have is a matzah. It's just flour and water and a bit of salt. That's all it is. And yet, when we take it to us, we will remember the love of your dear son who willingly went to his death, who willingly gave himself that we might have life. And we do believe, Lord, we do believe that on that third day he rose again. Father, we are so truly blessed with your love, with the knowledge that here in this room we can believe as children once more, that we can take on board what our brother Simon's given to us this day, that simple message Yet it's as wholesome as this bread that we're going to have now. He was blessed this day by you, Lord, to speak the words he did. And we know that this bread is blessed by you. Father, we remember your dear son now. And we thank you so much for this time, this bread, and for this hall, and for these, our brothers and sisters. And we ask this blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it. Then he took the cup. One Pablo will offer our thanks for the cup. Heavenly Father, Jesus blessed the cup on 
the last night. We ask that you will bless this cup and that you and the Lord Jesus will be with us as we share the cup, reminding us of our Lord's sacrifice. Father, we pray for the fellowship of people who recognize that are sinners and are in need of your salvation and that we all come under the blessing of the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus. Father, we ask that we pray to you and we pray for each other as we pass the cup from one another that it will mean a change in our lives and it will mean that we will be nearer to you and the Lord Jesus every day. For this cup, Father, we thank you in the Lord's name. Amen. He took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them, and they all drank from it. This is the blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. He's the God of the universe, but he's also the God who loves each of us and knows each of us better than we know ourselves and that sentiment I think is is beautifully expressed in our final hymn Lord of all being throned afar thy glory flames from sun and star centre and soul of every sphere yet to each seeking heart how near. Our loving Heavenly Father, at the close of this lovely meeting, we do say thank you. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts that we've been able to hear your word, to sing praises to you, and to be reminded of our relationship with you, brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord. What a great family we are. And we think about our family in, in Grasmere and we pray that they've enjoyed themselves and they have this morning come together as we have, thinking about you and Jesus in their lives and appreciating that relationship. So Heavenly Father, we ask at this time for their safe journey home and we look forward to their being with us again soon. So we thank you, Lord, for this day, for the blessings we receive day by day, and help us, Lord, to keep in mind Jesus. Because knowing Jesus, we have seen you, Heavenly Father. And that is a marvel. We have a great hope, this wonderful kingdom to come, this wonderful hope we have in Jesus. And so we are truly blessed, and we thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you for this time together and we offer our prayer as always in and through the name of your wonderful Son Jesus. Amen.